You may have played poker, but playing poker in Texas is a different animal. This is the Texas Poker Podcast with Tyler and Clint. Hello, this is the Texas Poker Podcast. I'm Tyler. This is Clint. What's up, y'all? And we are back with episode 24. Okay, so in episode 23, we finished up with... Well, let's go ahead and do a quick recap. You get to Vegas. You have a horrible check-in experience at the win. No, 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 at the link. Oh, at the link, yeah. hate to put that wrap on the win. Yeah, the, everybody <laughs> seems to love the win, so don't kill me. Uh, the uh, You have a horrible check-in experience at the link. And then you go to Caesar's Palace, do their 1-3 and 2-5, lose 700, and then you come roaring back in the Bellagio 5-10 games for pretty amazing profit. Right, almost $6,000. So so definitely covering that $700 loss at Caesar's Palace and way more. Um, So then I end up going back to Bellagio because, like I was trying to explain, because you were saying... um, why am I only going to Bellagio? My whole thing was I really like the buy-in structure there. Because other ones were like uncapped 510. or um, Who was know, uncapped 510 in Vegas? I don't remember. I don't, or was it seemed uncapped? I don't remember. Okay. It was gigantic. I remember that. Okay, I got you. It might have been. Well, actually, I don't remember. I remember somewhere gigantic that I was looking at. I okay. thought one of them was uncapped. Maybe not. Uh, the only uncapped structure I know of in Vegas is Golden Nugget. I don't remember. I remember, though, I was looking through the Bravo, and I was thinking it was too big. Okay. Like, the buy-in. It might have been Aria Resorts World. Okay, so it was just, yeah, Bellagio just hitting that good little, like, it was up in stakes from what you usually play, but not so crazy that you just couldn't play it. Right, or it might have been, like, I don't remember how big the buy-in was everywhere else, but I was thinking that was, like, a really good spot for me. Right. And, um... Uh, well, not to mention, so you went five ten, and I'm I'm sure you were in for like a thousand. You were buying in for a thousand, right? Correct. So, and you really didn't under. I mean, you didn't realize it was going to go five ten twenty, putting you kind of buying in short on even on the Bellagio. So you sure don't want to go bigger at that point, right? Yeah, see that that exactly. Um, so then I go back to the Bellagio. I have a session where I start off down. I battle back. I end up squeaking out like a $200 profit. And I was okay. like, well, I mean, I'll take that every day of the week, right? Right. I mean, yeah, 200 bucks is 200 bucks. <laughs> yeah. So I end up doing that. And I'm like, All right. That's fine. So then I go back to the Bellagio. And I end up going for um, doing 510 again. And the big noteworthy. And I got flush over flush one time for one buy-in. That was horrible. Or basically a buy-in. Um I ended up adding on for fifteen hundred to not two fifteen hundred, so it was like a thousand plus what I had after the flush over flush. Oh God, ouch! You know, yeah. Um, not only a flush over flush, but at the wrong exact time. Exactly. So then I played this one hand where I had um, king queen, and the flop came ace ten, and um, I remember it was multi way. And the guy made a very small bet. The norm was they would raise big pre-flop and then bet small on the flop. Which makes sense, because that's more of a GTO-type way of playing versus, like, the 1-3. So, I mean... But, I mean, multi-way is a little different, it seems like. Uh, I mean, I guess it depends on the exact flop and how many people are in the hand. Wait, no, I, I had queen-jack, right? Because I remember I flopped... Um. Yeah, I had queen jack because I rivered um, the straight. So let me. Um, so I end up calling. The turn pairs the ace. And it checks through. Okay. And then I spike the king on the river. So I had. So the board was ace, ace, 10, king. Like seven. Actually, I remember it was a seven. Rainbow, right? Right. Um, so I was sitting thinking. I could get paid off by an ace, all sorts of stuff, right? So yeah, definitely. I, I end up betting pretty big, hoping to get called after it checked through. And then he ended up raising me. And then I end up putting in the call, which in hindsight was a bad call. What and do you have? 
ace 10 for the uh, turn boat. Ace is full of 10s. I mean, I will say he did play that. I mean, that raise on the river seems super nutted, but that being said, he played it very weird to get there. Yeah, but he, he was a very good player, and um, yeah, I mean, he just, yeah, I paid it off, and that was that was the second bullet in that Bellagio game. Because, I mean, the way he played it, a small bet on the flop. I mean, I guess you could play ace-10 that way, but doesn't, I mean, you're really, in a multi-way pot, you're really leaving yourself open to, like, those Broadway cards hitting. Yes. Uh, Then when you do spike the ace, I guess you can check. You're not really scared of anything. Uh, Problem is, is it seems like you want to get value, like, even a tiny bit of value there. So that that was an interesting check. I, I mean, these spots are kind of difficult because when you bet, it seems like your hand is very face up. So I guess that makes sense to a degree. Yeah, I guess. And I mean, when you and I talked about the hand, I mean, you made the point that you really probably should be folding that flop. I mean, and that was a good point. Yeah, I mean, but I mean, like, I don't know. I don't want to be too results oriented. So I was very dependent on how small the bet was. Uh, uh, ideally, he bets that turn, and you can easily get away from a paired board there. Yeah, well, I remember when I had the exact bet size, before you even knew the result, your thought was I should have folded the flop. Whenever we Oh, really? Yeah. When we when you did say the bet size? Okay, yeah, right, cause I got you. That hand from now has been quite a few days since, right, since the second episode of the Vegas. It's been a few days since um, I played it. But I, I remember when I told you the amount, you were like, ah, you probably could have. Should have made a fold there. Okay, yeah, I, I could see that. Because I just have such a hard time, though, folding. Even though it's a lot of actual money, whenever someone three bets to a lot and then bets small-ish, I have a hard time folding with the implied odds of whatever, right? Whenever we're super deep. Yeah. Hoping that he could have, you know, ace, blank, whatever, and pay it off. But, I mean... To see it for like less than a half sized, half pot sized bet or something. Well, I mean, even near a half pot sized bet. I mean, because, okay, let's say if you're expecting a bet on the turn as well, which in a multi way pot, when the ace, I mean, you can at least put someone probably on an ace here. Uh, I mean, that means you're 92% of the time going to miss that turn. Yeah. So, in, I mean, granted, you're going to hit that river 16, the turn of river 16%. But, I mean, you're only paying to see the turn there. So, yeah, I mean, probably if it's anywhere near a half-pot size bet, it's a definite fold. I was thinking, like, when you said tiny bet, I was thinking, like, one-fifth pot or something. Where I was like, okay, you could probably peel, especially if there's another caller. Yeah, no, so I didn't like how I played that. So, I ended up um, losing, like, 2500 there, right? Okay. So I was like, well, it is what it is, right? I mean... No bigger, yeah. uh, no, uh, no bigger contrasting feelings as winning in poker and losing in poker. Oh God, yeah, <laughs> you're not kidding yourself. I mean, the winning is the highs of the highs, the losing is the lows of the lows. <laughs> yeah, and then yeah, so I was like, well, and then here's even the worst part: when I'm leaving Bellagio, I bust out so early the Ubers aren't even running yet. So then. <laughs> I mean, the Ubers are running 24-7, right? They wouldn't pick me up. <laughs> they're, like, they're like, oh, this, this this guy stinks of loser. I'm not going to pick up this guy. <laughs> yeah, so I couldn't get an Uber ride. And then, like, they wanted to charge, like, 30-something bucks. Oh, the Ubers when I was in Vegas this summer? Ridiculously expensive. Yeah, I forgot to tell you that. Well, the ones I did whenever it was, like, regular hours were just 10 bucks or 9 bucks. Yeah, then it's come down a lot because they were almost all 30 bucks. But at, like, that time, at, like... Um, You're taking an Uber from the Bellagio to the Link? I mean, when you have almost $10,000 in your pocket, yeah. No, that guy has it now, no, right? No, but I meant before, yeah, I was. Oh, uh, okay, I gotcha. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I felt awkward walking around the casino. Okay, yeah, no, if you have enough money in your pocket, 100%, take the safest route. But I was like, <laughs> once you bust out for nothing, walk, walk the third of a mile. <laughs> You're in your 20s. <laughs> yeah, so I walked. <laughs> Okay, I, I can yeah. see. Yeah, um, I don't know. Nothing feels worse than busting out and walking home. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, you don't have money for the Uber. 
Um, so yeah, so I ended up busting out of there. That was fine. Um, it was great. And so then I ended up deciding <laughs> to go to the win. Uh, I think I think I took a day off and then went to the win the next day. Sounds good. And this kind of it happened so fast when I went to the win, right? So I go and I see. I said, "All right, it's five ten. So like, all right, I was like, "Don't want to play five ten or don't want to play two five. I was like, I remember like the buy-in structure is pretty deep here, but I was like, I think I'll still be okay with like, you know, um, fifteen hundred or whatever. Right. So I show up and they're like, I'm like, oh, I want to play five ten. Like, all right, cool, we can walk back here. So I walk. So it's like a back area, right? Mm-hmm. So and then they're like, well, they're playing forehand. Is that fine? I was thinking like, well, I'll be the fifth. So I was like, that's not too bad, right? I'm the fourth, and then when I sit down, they said it's five ten twenty. Oh, God. And not only that, when I look to my left, the guy has probably about $50,000 worth of chips, maybe seventy, in front of him. Never feels good when you're net when someone's sitting with your net worth. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, I mean, and you're including, in your net worth, you're including cars, 401k, <laughs> everything, like, to your left. <laughs> yeah, so I'm like, mm. What do you buy in for? 1500 1500 Okay. No, sorry. I bought it for a thousand. Yeah, I was about to say. I was like a five ten. I bet you. Yeah, a thousand. So you're in for a thousand, and there's a guy with fifty five thousand next to you. Good side. On the good side, if you run it up, that's gonna be a uh, hell of a day. I mean, I say fifty five. When I texted, I said a hundred. So it was closer to about seventy. Oh god. Because he had like the um, the five thousand dollar chips, and they were just stacked up. Tyler's like, if there's any, if there's any day, I'm hoping for just four double ups in a row. So the very first, like, first few hands I play, I get ace queen, right, and it's three handed, and the flop comes queen high. I see bet, and he just instantly snap rips it all in on me. So I'm like, hmm, okay. So I call and I double up. Very nice. So that's a pretty nice start to the session. Okay. And then I play another hand. I mean, three-handed is so much different. Is so different than nine-handed, obviously. Because I'll tell you about this hand. I had like queen, like eight offsuit in the twenty. Okay. So I call and it comes queen high. And I bet he calls. So did he raise preflop? You said you called, or um, did you just check? Let me think. Against this guy, I believe he just. I just checked. Okay. Because the guy to my left was raising every uh, preflop. The guy to my right was just calling. Okay. So it was me and him, heads up. Um, the flop comes queen high with a five, right? Right. And I bet and he calls. The turn brings another five. Okay. And um, so he then bets into me. I mean, kind of... Like, what was the other card? Is You said queen, a five, and what was the other card? Uh, Like a six. Mm, probably like a seven, but... I think I have to call here. I mean, unless it's just like a weird... Like a, like a horde over bet or something. I think, I, I think I'm making a call here. It was definitely reasonable, but it's still five, ten, twenty, so it's a lot of money. Oh, yeah. Definitely seems like it's going to be a lot of money, but I mean... I mean, I'm not sure I can give him just complete credit for a five here, ju- here just yet. There are some draws. I, I don't know. I, I, I don't love the kicker, but I mean, so I call and it was like two hundred and like twenty is what he ba- made it right. I call. Okay. The river is a king. That's kind of a great river for you. Yeah, exactly. That's what I was hoping for, right? Oh shit. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I'm thinking like, okay, now. I'm chopping with all the other queens, right? Right. He bets like 550. 550? How much do you think was in the pot? So it was 40. I bet the flop. I probably bet like 60. So we'll call it like 160. He made it 250. That's 500 more. So he says it's like 700 and something probably. I feel like the way this is going, I feel like it's not going to be great. But, I mean, when the board pairs, I can't automatically put him on a five. 
the king makes you chopping to a ton of like queens. Uh, I, I think I have to call this off. I call and he had five something offsuit. I mean, that's tough. I mean, like once he spikes that five there, I mean, if I don't know, that's kind of tough. I mean, I don't know what you're. I mean, it doesn't sound like you ever called like any crazy over bet. I mean, if someone's gonna call with bottom pair and spike it, I mean, it just kind of this is kind of a bad run out for you. Yeah, so that wasn't great. Um, so then I ended up uh, adding on for this hand, right? Because right. I'm like, well, I have you know a thousand dollars, and everyone around me has you know no less than like. 10 so <laughs> uh, so I added on I get pocket sevens and then the guy three bets right or not sorry not three bet he he raises I'm in for uh, the 20 he makes it a hundred I call okay I see the seven in the window oh beautiful exactly right um but it's like seven eight nine not as beautiful. Yep. Um, so I was like, all right, I'll let him bet. So he bet. And I was going to raise. I was like, eh, I don't want him to get away from it either, right? Ooh, really? Yeah. Well, no, sorry. I think it must have been all clubs, maybe. Oh, okay. Yeah. That would make a lot more sense. Yeah. I'm like, I mean, yeah. definitely want to charge a jack or a 10 or a 5. I mean. Yeah. So the turn brings the jack. So now any ten is a straight. Okay, and it's all and it flopped all clubs. Yeah. So really, you're just kind of draw. I mean, you're really almost drawing to a boat here, really. Yeah, but the other thing is, was like, well, I mean, it's three handed. I was like, he could just have a big club here and be trying to get me off of that. It's definitely possible. I mean, you definitely could be good here. And he had, I mean, and he had bluff before I'd caught him. I mean. Yeah. I saw him check his cards. I was like, well, he could just be doing that to see if he has a big club. And I was like, I don't know if I can get away from it yet. He bets again, I call him. I agree with this call. Um, and then the river um, is a brick, luckily. I mean, not luckily. I would love to see it pair the board. But, yeah. And then he bets pretty small, but um, like 350 probably. Okay, but in relation to the pot, yeah, it's small. Yeah, it's small. And I was like, well, or sorry, not 350, he bet 500. Um, and I was like, well, I I mean, I can't just get bluffed off. I mean, I can't flop a set and get bluffed off. So I was thinking, I mean, three-handed, I mean, did he flop a set? I'm sorry, did he flop a flush? Seems unlikely. Did he, does he just happen to have a random 10 here? That yeah. too seems weird. He could do this with overpair. I mean, he had raised preflop, made it a hundred to go. I mean, how many tens are in that hundred to go range? Yeah, that's. I don't. I think it's. I. I like the call here. I mean, you're beating a lot of two pairs and stuff like that. Uh, I mean, a ten and a two clubs. I mean, I don't know. I mean, here's the thing: is if he flopped a flush and you flopped a set, it is heads up. I mean just was not going to be your day. So, yeah, I like this call here. Um, I make the call, and he has the super straight. He had queen 10 for the queen high straight. So, he's did he have a club? Uh, yeah, the queen. Okay, I mean... Unfortunate that's, for that's me. A, yeah, I mean, it was a bad run. I mean, really, in all honesty, he flopped. Basically, y'all were probably dead even on there, and he just got the better run out. I mean, if you consider the flush draw and the straight draw, then y'all were probably just... I mean, unless you paired the board. Well, actually, no. You were actually pretty well ahead, actually. Because we went over this exact scenario in one of my hands. Oh, well. That so, makes you feel a little better, I guess. Yeah, I mean, you were about... You were exact... You, I can tell you exactly, because you were the one who looked it up on my <laughs> hand. You were 65% to win. <laughs> yeah. Well, there we go. So I lost. Um, so that was hurtful because I hadn't even got the 500 yet. Because I remember that riverbed, I had to give him the 500 I had just gotten. 
Oh, God, ouch. Yeah. So, and then I end up, the table starting to get more and more full. And, man, I make a hero call. Like, I had, like, it was either 8-6 or 8-9, something like that. Or 8-10. But the flop came, uh, some guy, it was blind versus blind because no one chops, apparently, ever. I don't chop, so it was fine with me. Um, but no one in these games wanted to chop. So we're playing heads up, blind versus blind. Flop comes eight high. Um, I'm like, well, this seems good for me. I mean, beautiful flop. He bets big, like pot. Okay. Well, that's suspicious. So I call. Yeah. Um, the turn brings an over card, like a, um, like a queen. He bets pretty big. Like, See, this is tough because you can't put the queen him on the queen with a pot size bet. I mean, just randomly. Exactly. So he bets big again. I call. Was there a flush draw or straight draw or like what were the other? Would two have been cards? a weird straight draw. Okay. It was like eight high, but it was like three four. Okay. Um. So you either so you're either ahead here. Or he has a set, maybe? I don't know. Okay. I don't know what he's repping. Yeah. Right? Um, and then on the river, um, it's another overcard to the eight. It's like a, um, maybe like a ten. Okay. And he jams me all in. Was it a raise preflop? No, it was blind versus blind. Okay, so take out all the overpairs there. I don't know. I I can't put him on anything, but I also can't put you on any on beating anything that he's representing either. I, I, this is a tough one. I end up making the call because I'm like, what am I? If I fold here, I'm gonna have three hundred dollars in this five, ten, twenty game. Yeah. Or not three. I mean, it was like not three hundred, like six hundred dollars, right? Okay. So I make the call, and he has nothing. Just oh, high cards. nice, nice call down. So I doubled up there to get back to like. Um, 2500 yeah so that was pretty nice very nice i mean that's not not, i mean that's a i mean top pair like with you know not a great kicker is really i mean that's way to hold on for three streets there here's a an interesting it was not interesting at all actually but uh noteworthy hand um i get pocket kings four-handed and i haven't three bet all night right okay so then I three bet with the kings and everyone just snap folds. Do you ever like a flat there? Because mm. when I did it, I was like, that was kind of dumb. Like I three bet, the guy just looked over, saw it was me three betting and snap folds. I think there are times. I mean, so I was going over a hand with a guy on Reddit and he had pocket aces and had limped with the thing with a uh with the uh thought of re-raisings a maniac but it ended up just calling because he thought it was he would get the most value there and and basically plays it passively but gets an insane amount of value and i told him i was like on reddit i was like i never played this way but you got way more value than i ever would have i mean so good good job just playing the player there so i don't think i would Honestly, I think I'm gonna race every time, but I think there is an argument to have call just call there. Well, and it wasn't that he's a maniac; it's if they've never seen you three bet, and all of a sudden you break what you've normally been doing, which has been either raising preflop or calling to now three betting. Seems like it kind of turns your hand face up, right? Kind of, but I mean, I don't know because I think you do have. So I mean, you could. I mean, hands your three bet. Now here's a problem: is when it, you sit down with five, ten, twenty, and you're less than a hundred times the blind. Is I was wondering, I was like, how in the world are you not three betting more here? But your three bets are almost all ends on this game, basically. Yeah. So I now, I, I, right before I asked you, I kind of realized that. Uh, kind of does turn your hand a little face up, but. I don't know. I mean, you'd still do this with ace-king. You would still do this with ace-queen. You'd still do this with probably aces-kings-queens, maybe jacks. 
right? So, well, especially I mean, four-handed. So, yeah, exactly. Well, that, that was the thing. I was like, if anything, you should be three-betting a ton more. But I realized your hindrance was just your stack size. I just did not show up to play that big of a game. Yeah, so so every time you three-bet... I mean, really, you almost have no three-bets without going all-in. Exactly. So, it does... So, in that case, it does... Then you really don't have a three-bet bluff here. I don't know. This is kind of a tough spot. Uh, I feel like playing the Kings passively is a really tough way to go. But I think maybe adding like a couple three bets in your range here, like maybe ace-jack, ace-ten suited, then just be like, well, you just have to go with it at that point maybe. Yeah, so I thought that was, I mean, that was just some interesting thought. And then I had another hand where I had um, the ace-jack suited, and I had raised, no, I didn't three-bet. I only called, right? I was just then thinking, like, I should have raised, I should have three-bet this. what I was thinking in the hand. Ace-jack suited? Uh-huh. Okay. Flop came ace-high. That's a good flop. And I ended up um, playing it kind of, or not, playing it passively, only calling this guy down. When you when you flopped ace high, what were the other two cards? Do you remember? Definitely a three. Um, okay. Ace three, like nine probably. Rainbow plus, plus draw on board. No nope, rainbow. Oh god, then okay, this is a great flop for you then. So I call it down, and um, he ended up flopping a set of threes. I was like, well, I kind of got bailed out not three betting him, because he wasn't folding. I mean, these guys not folding to my three bets like the original guys. Yeah, uh, I mean, super results-oriented for that hand. 100%. Uh, but, because really, in all honesty, uh, threes should be folding to a three, but especially with your, uh, even more so with your stack size. That's true. So, so maybe he would have folded. Because, I mean, it's one thing if you think you have, a, if you three bet and you have just insane implied odds. Another thing, when you three bet and... There's a half pot size bet left. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, you're only gonna hit that set one out of eight times. I mean, these people probably know that. Uh, yeah, he seemed like he knew it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know. Uh, I do think forget like the results of the hand. I do think Ace Jack suited in this game when it's that short hand. It just has to be a three bet, regardless almost of your stack size. Yeah, I agree. Um, uh, but I was happy I didn't that time. Well, maybe we still we he could have folded. We don't know. Yeah, probably. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Either way, uh, you seem pretty convinced that he was calling. <laughs> well, when it was three handed, I feel like he was gonna call. But yeah, that's true. Um. Yeah. So then, basically, it would end up happening after that hero call, and the hero call happened after that set hand, uh, that set of threes. So then I ended up kind of running it somewhat back. And then the guy I had three bet. Now the table's filled up. Wait, what was the hero call? You kind of glanced. You very much glanced over that. The 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 eight. Whenever he went all in at the at the end. Oh, okay, I got you. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So that the threes hand happened earlier uh, in the night when it was um three handed. So okay. now this is basically the whole the hand that defined the entire session. Um. I get ace king offsuit with the ace of spades. Okay. And. The original guy raises. I three bet him the same guy I three bet when I had kings, but this time he calls. I'd raise pretty big, um, like he made it a hundred. I made it like three fifty. Had you done any three betting? This is my second time. I mean, really, probably seals it that you, the three betting with the kings is fine then. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you've three bet twice and you got to call fifty percent of the time, well, you can probably go ahead and say kings is okay to three bet. Yeah. Um. So I get the call. Um, the flop comes all spades with, um, 10 high. So nut flush draw with two overs. Yep. Okay. I bet a hundred. He rips it all in. Sorry, not a hundred. I bet, um, two fifty. You bet two fifty. He rips it all in. God, what were the other cards? Um, they were low. I mean, this is very dependent on there. I mean, if he flops a flush, I mean, you have to be getting one to three odds here to call. I mean, it depends on how much he's ripping into this pot. 
I mean, if there's how much do you think there was how much how much do you think it was going to the flop? Oh, it definitely was over three hundred going to the flop. Three hundred, and, and then you make it. Money. Then you make it two fifty. Yeah. So five fifty, and then what does he go all in for? Well, he covered me, and I probably started the hand with two thousand. So, and he covered you. Yeah. Everyone so, covered. Okay, me. so you have probably about fifteen hundred, probably about sixteen, seventeen hundred left. Probably, yeah. So sixteen, seventeen hundred for his, seventeen hundred to win twenty two. Yep. I mean, you probably have to call here because I mean, it could be if he's doing this. If he doesn't, if he feels like you just haven't flopped a flush here, I mean, and he was doing this with like jacks with a jack of spades or something, then I mean, you're really at like fifty percent. I mean, you're at least at thirty six percent in. If he's flopped a flush here, probably less than that. Yeah. Well, it's... he had 10-8 of hearts. Turned an 8, river to 10. Oh, God. He turned a river to boat? Yeah. Oh, so he only had top pair. Yes. Okay. This is a great call then. Yeah. But I mean, in the moment, didn't seem that great. But, yeah, no. Usually once doesn't I... when, you, when, when you're crying on your way back <laughs> to the hotel room. None of it seems great. But, I mean, mathematically, you made a great call. The plus side, the Ubers were still running because I was too far to walk. Uh, <laughs> God, man, the wind, I would be there so much more often if the location were just slightly better, right? It is kind of yeah. far down that end of the strip, isn't it? Yeah. So I, in the moment, I was kind of annoyed. But once you and I had talked about it and we decided that, um, well, I thought it was a good call. But then once I actually broke it down with you and we knew it was a good call, and I was like, all right, well, you're only going to win it, like, what do we say, like 55 or 53% of the time. So. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be... Okay, so you had the nine spades that were all good. Yep. Uh, you had three kings and three aces. Mm, no, I'm... Well, yeah, because you had yeah. the... Yeah, cause, well, one king would be the king of spades. True. So you'd have two kings, three aces, and nine flush cards. So 11, 14... 14. Yeah, I mean, actually, I have you at over 50% on this hand. It was. It yeah. Was. Yeah, when I ran it, yeah. So, but I mean, still going to lose a ton of the time when you're only a favorite by 50-something percent. That's true. And I mean, you're. it's not like you're 50% getting just 50-50 on your money. You had a ton of dead money in there, too. So, I mean, it's a great call that just did not work out. Yeah, it did not work out. Then I spent 30 minutes trying to figure out how to get out of the win. Oh, yeah. I went to the win the first time, the last time, too, and... Yeah, it's it's a big casino, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, well, I kept ending up at the poker room. I was like, they must think I'm so weird. <laughs> I just keep walking back and looking at them like, they're going to give me my money back? No? All right. I'll be back in two minutes. <laughs> yeah. Maybe if I walk back sad enough that, uh, over and over again, they'll fall. I mean, he does have 70000 in front of him. Seems like two chips. He can just throw my way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he'd make this whole trip worth it. <laughs> um. And that was basically the end of the poker um, on the trip. Yeah, that was it. That was the last time I played. An hour and 44 minutes at the win. So did you end up positive on the trip? Just barely. About 200 bucks. 250 yeah. Winning trip's a winning trip. Yeah. So, uh, so what do you think? Well, okay, like, so we went over my top casinos. You didn't play as many as I did. But uh, give me this. Like, Bellagio and Wynn are two of the best poker rooms in Vegas. You didn't go to the Aria at all? Um, no. Correct, I did not. Oh, crazy. Uh, which one did you like better, Bellagio or Win? Well, figure I only spent an hour and 40 minutes at the Win and lost $2,000. That didn't seem great. Um, <laughs> but, I guess given... So, I like the Bellagio more, mainly because the buy-in suited me a little bit better. The okay. game seemed softer. I mean... No one at the two five twenty game, or sorry five ten twenty game, seemed uh, like a soft game at all. I mean, the guy from Solve for Why was there. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, the that people who make the, the poker strategy videos were in the game. Yeah, that that, that seems like a tough game. <laughs> yeah. So, and like you said, if you can't find the fish, it's not great. <laughs> yeah. Uh... That, well, I was shocked at, like, your idea of 510, because I will say I went to 2-5, and I was pretty profitable. and wasn't as hard as I thought. 
but I mean every like one three like a, not every table but or a lot of tables you'll find somebody who's just doing absolutely nut job sh- crap or like stuff and at two five I, there was just so much less of it so I kind of was shocked at like your take on five ten. Basically, how I took five ten was there was a lot of there were some really good players, very mm-hmm. good, and then there was a lot of guys who seemed like they had a lot of money and didn't want to be um, maybe harassed or critiqued by the one three or two five players, so they would just go there and just you know play their game and you know if a six offsuit doesn't hit it doesn't hit. I mean, if you have enough money, you just don't give a shit. Oh, I mean, no one seemed to care at all about the money but me. Yeah. I mean, or the guys who were, you know, grinding it up seemed to care. But, like, a lot of the guys there, you know, they were just looking to have a good time. Yeah, which, I mean, like I say, I mean, if you've done well, I mean, poker is a small part of life. So, I mean, a lot of these people, you know, are way more successful in other areas. And, you know, the money doesn't mean as the money doesn't mean as much if you have that much more of it. Exactly. So, So, and the most interesting part was we had always talked about, you know, do you think the five ten game is just not beatable? Is it just all people who do nothing but study? I'm go right now and tell you, it is definitely not only people who study. It's still very live. And it's kinda of tough it's kinda of tough to leave, honestly. That's pretty I mean, like I say, it was super great news. That's a let's say, I mean, I was really, really fascinated by your take on just the five ten, uh on how on how it played and everything like that. So, because uh, I did not play, I played two five was the biggest I played over there, and like I say, I wasn't super over, I wasn't blown away by the talent, but I was also aware that there was a lot less just super fish. A lot of those players seemed pretty good when I went to the two five. Um, I guess I didn't play that much there. Um, yeah, I don't know. I I think the five ten game might have been a little bit better. Yeah, I mean, it actually sounds it, without a doubt. So, but, yeah, it's a, like I say, super, super interesting trip that you had. Well, like, playing stakes that we don't normally get to play at around here. I mean, although the 5-5 five five around here plays pretty damn big. I mean, it's still, it's still not 5-10, I mean, it's definitely not 5-10-20. I mean, that's the other thing. Everyone always says, like, these games play, like, whatever game. It's, I don't know. It seems like the game plays exactly, like, it plays. I'm. It seems so weird to compare it to like a bigger game and say it plays like that. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I would definitely think the five five would play way bigger than the two five over in Vegas. The way you, the way I mean, you've described it and all of that. But right. Versus five ten, like you say. I mean, you're still making it. There's still average raise size going to be thirty to like three to four times the blind, and if the blind is that much bigger. Right. Well, and here's the other thing. Whenever you play, like uh, when we were playing five, ten, twenty, um, the whole like you know how like a lot of times like in one three it'll be fifteen dollars pre or whatever twenty twenty five, it was always like three times the blind. Yeah. Well, me and you noticed this uh, a while back. Like how one three seems like the opening raise size is fifteen a ton, and two five it seems to go to twenty, which is only four times. And then five ten, we see it more often than not thirty. Yeah, I mean, I, I I've tried to get somebody to answer, and I have gotten some answers that made a little bit of sense, but everything's been very subjective. Uh, I don't know. I feel like if you're playing a one two game and you make it six, you might get laughed out of the room. I mean, people just want to play for more, is what I feel like. I mean, that's probably the best way to the to describe it. Is I mean. At, at one three, you can bet fifteen, and you're still gonna get called by shit hands. Right. So I mean, at five ten, if you make it fifty, I mean, you're probably losing a lot of value when you know none of these crap hands are calling. Right. That's that's my thing. I feel like people want to play for not money that they feel, but like people who are playing poker, they don't want to play for like six dollars or you know something like that or nine bucks. Right. I feel like when you make it 15, then it's kind of more real, I guess. Yeah, it's a very, uh, yeah, no, I absolutely, you know, and I've, you will hear that in a 1-3 game. People just absolutely say that. I mean, that, you know, it's just not enough money worth it. I mean, which, 
makes no sense because if you have an edge, you have an edge on that pot. But you do hear that a lot, and I, I believe like that psychological aspect comes into play. But at least in Texas poker, people buy in so deep to where if the opening race size is 15 and everyone's deep enough, it's fine, right? Right. So how did you... How did you find it weird playing like, because you're used to playing like huge amount versus the blind. Uh, some of these uh, sessions, you weren't even a hundred times the blind. Did you find that really tough? Because I found that tough to adjust to when I first got to Vegas. Like I said, I found it very annoying. Like in that Caesar session, when I'm used to being able to put the pressure on on the river, but then like me and one of the other guys had talked about it. And we were saying how it's kind of really kind of makes it to where you don't even have that option at this game. Yeah, that, I mean, you just can't, like, all of a sudden, suited connectors are just not that valuable, I right. found. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, you almost you almost need it multi-way to justify it. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, it's all, it's just a different game completely. Yeah. And I've been working on my deep stack, but I'll tell you what, 5, 10, 20, I can't play deep stack. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah. we're going to play with short blinds. Just keep going all in blind until you hit something, and then you'll be deeper. <laughs> yeah. It's uh well, that's a like I say, super interesting trip. Uh, anything, any any non poker related stuff you want to add about the trip that was just interesting? Um, so I guess I went to um two shows. I went to show, show Shin Lim, Shin Lim, the the card guy who was on America's Got Talent and Fool Us. Oh God, he he looks so damn good on the uh on TV. Uh, was it good? It was very good. Yes, it was very good. He was very good. Um, also went to the Circus Olay. Believe it was at Treasure Island. Does that sound right? I guess because I mean I like you said Treasure Island. I did not know they had a show over there. Uh, do you remember what the show was called? Um, no, I started with an M. I know that. <laughs> I M mean, if you're looking at it, you would know. Oh. There's O, there's Call, there's Humanity. Man, I, I just can't. Well, how? What do you think of? I've liked all the Circus Soleil shows. I mean, some people are they're kind of hit and miss with people, but I really, I think, I always think they're super cool. I thought it was. I was very impressed with um, with the show and completely. Um, the stage was awesome. We actually got really good seats too. And um, we were almost right there, dead center. You could see like the floor going down and all the different um, the people flying over your head and everything. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, I, like I always think that's really uh, cool. Oh, Circus Lay Mystere, Mystery. I did not realize. I've I, now that you you show it to me, I uh, I remember hearing about it, but I've never gone and seen that one. I've seen Call and Zumanity. Uh, to me, Call was way better than Zumanity, but they were both good. They had some cheap tickets. Um, we ended up paying for a little bit better seats, but I feel like the cheap tickets would still have been phenomenal. I mean, they were like five feet behind me. <laughs> yeah, the, the stadiums mean... are only so big, which I think uh, makes it even, the shows even better. Uh, so, but uh, so on that, and I remember you were raving about the Luxor and their. I only I thought their game deal oh, was yeah. so awesome, and I know a lot of poker players are also gamers. So I mean. You, uh, I didn't actually go and play at that, uh, their gaming deal, but you did. How do you like that? It was actually really fun. Um, but there was, there's a, what was the arena called? Do you remember? Uh, Leech, is it Leech? Hyper. It's like the Hyper Hyper Sport. Yeah. Hyper Arena. Yeah. There you go. Um, I got to play there. There was actually a tournament going on upstairs. I didn't get to see all of it. But I got to play downstairs and you got to pay for time and it carries over. So if you bought, um, you know, 10 hours worth of time. You could do it the whole week you were there. Yeah. This is kind of... So, okay, so I'm on a lot of Las Vegas forums, and there's always this just gigantic debate on bringing kids to Vegas, not getting into that or whatever. I personally would not bring a kid to Vegas, but if I stayed at the Luxor, if it was like 13, 14, 15, and they were into gaming, I mean, that could be a really cool cool trip because i mean they just have that that to go do which is something they wouldn't get to do at uh you know a number of other places it's right by the pinball hall of fame where you have a lot of cool stuff and then i consider that end of the strip the more family oriented part i mean you have the excalibur has kind of family oriented shows and has the arcade in it 
you have the Hershey's shop, the Coke shop, and all that. So I always I thought that was just a really cool deal for people, either who adults who are into gaming, and you know you just kind of want to get away from the gambling for just a little bit and take a break, or if you had kids of that age, like 14, 15, and you know they would have something really cool to do too. It seemed like a really good place too, or if you were playing poker to kind of break up the trip a little bit, because you can only play poker so much. Especially, like, I was there for 10 days, so it would have been nice to have that, you know, to kind of go do during the day sometimes. Oh, like, well, like, well, I mean, like, in 10 days, a trip can go so sideways, so I would have loved to have that. I mean, you know, we're pretty big. You're into big into League of Legends. I'm big into Overwatch, so it would have been really nice to have that as an availability, so I'm, I think that's a really cool deal, and if I wasn't Diamond at Caesars and didn't get just way cheaper rooms... I think that that would sell me on going to the Luxor and staying. So, and I still might actually. Yeah, same. And I'm not diamond, so I might go. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I wish Luxor had a poker room now, though. Yeah. I mean, that would kind of. I heard Mandalay Bay right next to it did reopen their poker room. I wanted you to check, but I think I forgot to ask you. Seemed like I wasn't going anywhere. <laughs> other Seems than like... Bellagio. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, like, oh. I mean, you need to make it to Aria, so <laughs> probably not going to Mandalay Bay. <laughs> yeah. Um. I guess, did you play any poker, or is that going to conclude it? Anything uh, noteworthy? So, I'll uh, <laughs> no. go into, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I've got a new project. Okay, like, I got see a lot of poker projects I'm working on. One is really trying to up my PLO game. Uh-huh. And my both PLO and PLO high low game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been working on that, and that's kind of combined with the thing with what I'm doing now is also I've been playing more online. Just uh, Poker Bros, which uh, people are hit and miss on that. I love that. So I, I really love the app. I mean, as long as you've got an agent or you know the people in charge of it that you really trust, I've have nothing but good experiences. Uh, and I well, I think the software looks a lot better than some of the others. Like, I, I don't know. When I look at America's card room, it looks boring as hell to me. Oh, I, I agree with you that uh, Poker Bros probably has the best software I've seen. Other than, like, you know, the legal Poker GG or whatever. Isn't that what it's called? Something like that. The one oh, that seen. one looks really cool. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah. Uh, so I'm kind of been doing that. I've been, and I'm profitable right now at 36 an hour. I have got almost no hours on it, so it's in no way reliable whatsoever. But it is uh, something I am working on uh, and trying to kind of experiment with if that can be profitable. Because I now have multiple poker rooms open near me, but none are open during the day. And, you know, if when you have a wife and kid, you have to kind of find whenever it works. So... If I can find this and it helps, so we'll like kind of see. I did have a winning week of, I mean, I'm up like 250 for this week. I started off Monday running really, really good. Uh, and then I was running great on, I was probably up like, I think 600 or so. Uh, I was running great Friday, running over the table. And then got into a uh, kind of an interesting hand where I raise it with ace-king suited, ace-king of spades. I raise it pretty big, get called two ways. It flops queen-queen-ten, two spades. Queen-ten of spades. So, I flop the royal flush draw. The, the flush draw, the royal flush draw, uh, the straight draw for the any non, non-spade jack. I raise it to like fifty in the pot. Like I think it was like sixty in the sixty in the pot. I raise it to like forty five fifty. He jams over the top. Uh Queen Queen ten. I'm it's a lot. It's like probably four hundred. I really do a miscalculation here. I count my outs of Nine spay. I know for a fact he's got a queen. I mean, I have no doubt whatsoever. Uh, I find nine outs for the flush. Uh, three more outs for the jack. 
So 12, 24, 36, 48. There is some there is some dead money in the pot. There's like a hundred probably 110, 120. Maybe a little bit more. Maybe like 130 in there. Uh, I'm like, well, if he's got a queen, I'm about 50-50. I make the call. And sure enough, he has queen eight. We end up running it twice, and he boats on both. I hit the flush on both, (laughs) and he boats on both. God, Uh, man. Me and you go over it later and realize that even though I did have those outs and I did calculate it correctly there, it being a paired board really, really changed things, and it really shouldn't have been a call. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I do that a lot in live poker. When you sent me the hand, I was like, call. I mean, call. And then I was like, well, I mean, it's a call if he doesn't have a queen every time, for sure. And then you told me you thought he had a queen every time. And then I was like, well, then I don't know. But I still feel like I might be calling. I was, I was thought it was a pretty tough spot, honestly. Yeah. But I, I guess mean, given the math, it was a fold, right? I mean, Yeah, I mean, it wasn't that far off. I mean, it wasn't crazy crazy but it definitely it would definitely should have been a fold uh it's a i was around 30 i think i thought i was going to be around 50 percent 45 at the least and i was ended up like 36 and a half percent 37 percent right and for how much he was jamming over the top it's uh it was a miscalculation on my part because i usually count those flush draws with like a straight draw as a you know I mean, right. you're right, you are about fifty-fifty if they're not drawing like, but their boat outs are real, and they can turn you dead is a is a big problem, and the, it really counts in that math. So on the paired board, it very much changes things. Right, because every spade or every non-spade card that's out there is a spade that you lose, and the card that he has, if he doesn't have, if he has queen eight, then that eight of spades is no good now. Yeah, and like so, one he actually hit the eight of spades, which we had queen eight, and the other one it ran out the deuce of spades, but it turned a deuce. God no. So deuce a deuce. So I mean, yeah, it was a real interesting spot. I mean, hate that I had to learn that way, but uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was a. Uh, but I mean, definitely kind of super interesting. If it's not a paired board, I think it probably is a call. I agree. I mean, he could have a set, and there could still be boat outs, but there's just fewer of them, I believe. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Like you said, I'm happy you're the one who had to learn the lesson. Not me, because at first I was thinking, I didn't realize how much it changes things, um, being the paired board like that, until we looked into it further. Yeah, after a... So that was uh so I mean that was kind of a heartbreaker because I was I went from way up to way down, uh so I ended up losing about two fifty there and coming out for the week so, it was a uh, so like I said I'm I'm kind of taking my journey into the online poker streets and I've been I actually have been back at the tables a little bit, so well uh and I was coming off of a little bit of a downswing off a couple really good sessions after my Vegas trip, so it was nice to have a profitable week. Absolutely. Can't argue with a profitable week. I guess maybe next week we'll follow up on some of that PLO if you're still doing it, <laughs> depending on what happens. I'm not broke. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> like, we're not talking about that anymore. Um, so I guess this concludes the Texas Poker Podcast. We'll see you guys next week. That was the Texas Poker Podcast. Go ahead and rack up. Add time and we'll see you next week.